time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Are you flirting with disaster? It's going to be a fun episode today. Walter Storholt here with Glenn Mosseller on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast, uh, registered financial consultant, and Glenn is the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro with an office on Mears Chapel Road. Find us online at Roadmap Financial. Dot com. Glenn, on today's show, we're going to have a little fun flirting with disaster. Some of the areas in our financial lives where we may be flirting with disaster and not even know it. And uh, this should be probably eye-opening, I bet, to a few listeners on today's show who might fall into or close to one of these categories. Uh, to get us started, just real quickly, do you often run into situations where you meet with somebody and they think they're in pretty good shape, and then you just find out exactly how close they are to kind of a disastrous portfolio, even if that's being a bit, you know, a bit of a hyperbole in there? Well, yeah, Walter. I mean, it, it, I think the biggest piece of that puzzle is where are you in life? How old are you? And where are you in relationship to when are you going to retire? And have you already retired? You know, the idea of, of having different phases of life in your in your financial life, of your, your accumulation years, your preservation and distribution years, you know, that conversation and those distinctions, you know, are just not not really there in the depth that they need to be there for a lot of folks. I mean, they, they, they may have scratched the surface of, of some of those some of those thoughts and the plans that need to be made. But. You know, I, I just, I, you know, I see it, you know, I mean, virtually everybody walks in, you know, that walks into the office or, you know, that, that I you know meet with virtually on the phone or, you know, through Zoom or, or however we get together and have those, those initial conversations, you know, so often folks have far more risk in their, in their financial, um, you know, future than what they really believe that they had. They, you know, I knew I had some, but, you know, gosh, I didn't realize that, you know, that, that I had to think about this or I'd never really thought about that in, in these terms. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really, it's kind of one of those things. If it's outside of your awareness, you just, you just don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. And so when you start having those conversations and you bring things up to the surface and you start asking certain questions, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, I, you know, let's, we, we need to do something about that, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, you, you'd be surprised at how often that actually happens. Yeah, that's a really important point to uh, to make, Glenn. So this is a common problem we can identify where people aren't as in shape as they think they are or maybe making a mistake that they don't even know. One area where we see this, I know you've got lots to say about this one, is uh, out-of-date legal documents. This is an area where the simplest mistakes can have the biggest impacts, Right. Right. No, there's no no doubt about it. You know, I mean, one of the one of the questions we ask is, is you know, I mean, you know, do you have a will? Do you have a trust? You know, you put you know things in place. You know, if something happens to you, you know, do you have the the powers of attorney and you know and and, and all of those kinds of things? Do you have a living will? It's a, a lot of times people do have those things in place, and you know, and but on the other hand, you know, I, I, they, sometimes I find that they're in place, but they were put, you know, they put they were put in place a long time ago, and they really need to be updated. For instance, they may have moved, you know, from one state to another state, and they have a will in place, and they don't realize that they're, you know, that wills are, are you know, are governed by, you know, state law. Other situations where it's like, you know, they they, they put a will together. Maybe they're they, maybe they're still, you know, in the same state as they, they were before, but they put a will in place, you know, when their kids were, you know, were kids, right? You know, and they were, you know, really young and in, you know, kindergarten, elementary school or younger, you know, or maybe maybe a little older, but you know, maybe now their kids are grown. They're they're you know they're they're adult 
children, and they they may even have you know grandchildren at this point. But their 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 legal documents ha- you know are not necessarily reflective of that, and they need to have some updates to them. And so you know you come across this you know you know more more often than you than you than you might think. Yeah, out of date legal documents one of those areas where uh, you don't want to be wrong there, and it can really catch you by surprise if that's the case. Kind of in that same vein, maybe the biggest document issue is when it comes to uh, incorrect beneficiary designations. And the law is pretty clear here, Glenn, that, boy, we've heard some of the disastrous stories that have happened by having some out-of-date or incorrect information there in that section of, of various forms. Well, there's no question about that, Walter. I mean, you know, anything that you have, you know, whether, you know, you can have a, you know, a paid on death, transfer on death, you know, beneficiaries for IRAs, life insurance, annuities, you know, where you can designate a beneficiary, well, those beneficiary forms, you know, are they rule the day, right? They 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 are they are what determines, you know, who gets what and how do they get it and you know and, and all of that. I literally I had folks come into the office and they say, you know, oh well, I'm not too worried about what the beneficiary forms are because my will says this. And it's like, well, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but you know, the, you, the your will is going to take second position to how you have your beneficiary forms, you know, uh, filled out because you know whatever's on those beneficiary forms are going to, you know, over that particular account. It doesn't matter if it's addressed in your will or not. The beneficiary form is is what is what's legally binding, and so you so you run into situations where it's like, oh, well, gosh, I, I need to make some changes. Right there, maybe they they have somebody listed there that they don't want to be there anymore. Maybe somebody's listed there who's maybe passed away, or maybe they've gotten a divorce, and or maybe you know they you know, there's you know there's a child, and you know and and now they're an adult child, and they, maybe they have their own kids, and so you you know you you want to look at all the different scenarios there that that might need to be there might need to be updates, and and so it's 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 critically important that you have you know, your legal documents in place, but, you know, your beneficiary forms are also a form of, of legal documents. And, you know, they, if, if there's, a, if there's a conflict between a will and a, and a beneficiary form, beneficiary form is going to, like I say, is going to rule the day. And, and you got to really make sure that, that, that you've got put in place what you really want to have happen if something did happen to you, because you don't want to, you know, unintentionally disinherit somebody just because you didn't dot your I's and cross your T's. Yeah, it's a big one, Glenn, and uh, just got to make sure all of these things are done. And it truly is the definition of, just like you said, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, uh, out-of-date legal documents, incorrect beneficiary designations, two of the areas where people often flirt with disaster and don't even know it. The other area where maybe all of us, Glenn, or a large majority of us are flirting with disaster and don't know it is the ticking tax time bomb. Where is that tax time bomb living in most of our portfolios? Yeah, well, Walter, I mean, a lot of times it's right there in, in the in the in the four hundred one k and the IRA, right? Because it's you know the, there's you know vast majority of people, vast majority of money that's saved for retirement are in these these quote unquote tax deferred accounts or tax postponed accounts. So what does that mean? It means that you put that money in there and it has not yet been taxed. It's going to be subject to taxation when it is distributed out of those accounts. And we, you know, we kind of look at that scenario. We've talked about it before in terms of, you know, there might be some implications to your social security income and whether or not that gets taxed. It's also going to kind of, if you kind of think in terms of, you know, ask yourself the question, where do you think tax rates are likely to go into the future? Do you think that they're going to stay the same? Do you think they're going to go down or do you think that they're likely to go up? Right. And if you think that they're likely to go up, 
you know, then you got to think about it. It's like, okay, well, if that's true and tax rates are likely to go higher into the future and you have money that is in these accounts that is, you know, you're, you're saying that it's likely to be taxed at a higher rate into the future, well, then we might need to make some adjustments. Now, some folks start to think, well, you know, hey, I'm going to probably be in a lower tax bracket when I'm in retirement. And sometimes that's true, but sometimes folks are actually surprised that they're not. And, you know, and, and so they, they might end up being in a, in a similar tax bracket or possibly even a higher, you know, in some situation, especially when, when we start thinking about you know, if we have a married couple. Right. And even if tax rates don't change by legislative change or, or, or law change, but, you know, typically, you know, most most cases, if you have a married couple, well, one one person is going to predecease the other. And when that happens, then what does that mean? Well, then that means that the, the following year, then there's going to be, you know, filing for as a single person rather than married filing jointly. You know, you're, you're likely going to you're likely going to you know, lose at least some income. Typically, the, the lower of the two Social Security comes off. Sometimes, you know, other pensions might completely go away or they might get reduced. However, you know, you just you just experience a situation where your 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 um, your tax brackets, you know, and the thresholds to take you to those brackets just got cut in half. Right. Because you're no longer filing for two people. You're filing for one person. Right. And your deductions just got cut in half. And so sometimes e even if even if the tax rates don't change, your personal situation could create a scenario where tax rates can likely you know, go up very significantly in certain cases, even even if there's no legislative change or there's no change in, in, in any of the laws. And most people don't really take that into account. And it can be a really, really big deal. It can change the landscape, you know, just literally, you know, you know overnight. And, and it's, it's just something that needs to be discussed and planned for and to make sure that you, you're aware of what, you know, what potential risk is out there and you need to have a plan in place to make sure that you're dealing with that, you know, regardless as to what happens in Washington, right? You don't want, you don't want to have whatever Congress is doing to be in charge of your retirement and your retirement income. I know that there's, I mean, you can, that to some extent you can't avoid it, right? But at the other hand, it's like if you know what the rules are and you know what the, the, the likely scenarios are, you can make some plans. And in, and in doing so, you're very likely to be in a much better place than if you just kind of just kind of, you know, go along and whatever happens, happens. You with me, Walter? I'm with you all the way, Glenn. And that's a big one, the tax time bomb. Got to find out where that is in the portfolio for your situation? Are you truly exposed to it? And what level of risk do you have with that big issue? That's a flirting with disaster kind of issue. And it even sounds like one, you know, uh, out of date legal documents doesn't sound so scary, Glenn, but tax time bomb <laughs> really does get us there. So that's a, it's good that we name it that way because uh, we truly need to pay that much attention to it, I think. Uh, here's another good one for you, Glenn. No plan for long-term care expenses. This is the uh, the stick your head in the sand part of the plan that is is the solution for most folks, right? Well, yeah, you know, unfortunately, Walter, do, you do, know that, don't, don't want to talk about it, right? Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> 
that oftentimes is the case. And most people, you know, when we breach that subject, it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, we know that, that, that there's a risk there. But, you know, when we've looked at we've looked at, you know, different types of insurances and whatnot, I always feel like this is like this is going to be, you know, way too expensive. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, you, you may or may not be, you know, eligible. I mean, you might have some sort of a scenario where, you know, if you go through underwriting, you know, you can't qualify for it. But yet at the same time, there are there are others. There are some products that don't require underwriting. And, you know, typically, I mean, you, you want to have some sort of a hedge against against those kinds of expenses, because it's pretty common knowledge and pretty understood that, I mean, you know, you can literally I mean, you can get you can get into, you know, six, seven, eight thousand, ten thousand dollars a month in terms of, you know, long-term care expenses in a hurry and, and, you know, in certain cases, even today, I mean, much less, what are those costs going to be like, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now, right? I mean, you know, there's, you know, there, we look at the different, different inflation rates of different parts of the, the economy, and, you know, when we're looking at healthcare and long-term care, they, those are typically, those inflation rates are rising, you know, significantly faster than, you know, the, than our, you know, a lot of other things that are, you know, that are there, you know, whether it's like you go to the grocery store, I mean, you still see that those prices go up, but they're, they're not, they're not rising as fast as, as your long-term care and your health care, you know, and in addition to, in addition to your long-term care, and we need to th- you know, think in terms of what are going to be your Medicare costs? You know, the fact is, is like most people don't really realize that, you know, that their income plays a big role in terms of how much, how much their, their, their health care is going to cost in terms of, you know, Medicare premiums and, you know, and, and, and everything else that's there. And so that there's, there's, there's lots of planning that needs to be done around these risks. And that's one of those that, Almost nobody when I when I first sit down and have a, have the initial conversations with them, you know, is is there is there anything in place? And 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 sometimes there is, but most most oftentimes there's not. And virtually everybody's thought about it, and they're just like hoping that it's you know they're, they're not going to need that, or they're hoping that that situation doesn't arise. But as we all know, hope is not a strategy. And the reality is is that you know that that you know there's a, an awful lot of folks. You know, I mean, if if you if you reach the age of you know sixty or sixty five, there's a pretty doggone good chance that you know that that you're going to need at least some form of long term care, even if it's home health care for you know, for a period of time. You know, and then and then of course then there's there's that level, and then there's the level you know all the way to you know to skilled nursing care and any and everything in between. And that, as as we all know, I mean that that can be a very very large expense, and that can that can just absolutely devastate, you know, a portfolio, you know, and you really want to make sure that that that's that's not, you know, you don't leave that unaddressed because, you know, it's just you, you don't want to have that, you know, threaten, you know, lifestyle. You don't want to have it threaten the lifestyle of your of your of your spouse, right? Because you know, if you had it just because you you got sick and go in the nursing home, you don't want that to impoverish, you know, your your spouse. You also don't want to, you know, you don't want to, to have to not leave money to your heirs because of, you know, because of not, ha- you know, not covering this significant risk. So that's a conversation that needs to be had. And there's oftentimes there, there are situations that we can that we can we can address if we just if we just know because we can we can talk about what is available in the marketplace. And most people don't realize that there are solutions out there. They're just t- they tend to be outside of their awareness because that's not something that comes up when they're having a conversation about how am I going to position my my 401k, you know, and and you know, and what how am I going to diversify that 
where you know some other conversation needs to happen about well you know well if 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 you don't cover this risk then then those other decisions over over in the other part of your financial life may not have mattered so much because it ends up you have this you have this gigantic hole that can just suck you know suck all kinds of money out for a risk and expense that that could have been covered had that conversation been had. All great points and wise words there, Glenn. I want to cover one more example where we might see somebody flirting with disaster and not even know it. And this one, it comes to the classic 60-40 portfolio, kind of a, uh, a classic strategy out there. That's why it's got the name classic in it. Uh, the 60-40 portfolio. Now, why would something that's considered kind of a classic plan be a threat or a potential disaster point in our plan? Well, Walter, I mean, we you think about it. It's like you know, the, most people have this, you know, have the have the idea, and they've been they've been taught that you know you want to have a you know lower volatility as you're approaching retirement, as you're as you as you get older, right? If you're in retirement or you're you're within a few years of retirement, and it's been it's been a you know one of those one of those pieces that 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 is that has been touted out there is like you say it's it's you know it's the classic sixty forty portfolio, sixty percent stocks, you know, forty percent bonds. Right. And the idea is, is that, well, you know, historically or at least, you know, in, in recent decades, you know, bonds have been you know, less volatile and, and been more predictable. Right. Well, the challenge is, is that, you know, we're the interest rate environment has gotten to the point where, you know, interest rates are so low that there's very little there's very little yield that can come out of you know, out of most bonds. But not only that. If interest rates begin to rise, which actually we've started to see that a little bit, right? And and you know there's you know there's when when you're when you're hovering you know very close to zero, you know as as anybody who's ever put money in you know recently, if you've got money in the bank, you know in, in a savings account or a CD, I mean you can see how how low interest rates really are. Well, I mean if they begin to rise. You know, a rising interest rate environment actually reduces the value of of individual bonds and and bond portfolio, you know, bond mutual funds because interest rates going up creates a scenario where you know if if somebody was collecting, you know, let's say that you were collecting three percent interest and interest rates go to you know four or five or six percent and you ended up having to sell that asset that you're holding that bond that's paying out three percent and you had to for whatever reason you had to go to the marketplace and you had to sell that well you have to ask yourself the question does anybody want the bond that that's paying you three percent when they can get five or you know or, or you know or more percent in the marketplace if interest rates have risen well, the answer is obviously no. They're going to want to get, you know, they're going to want to get what the market is, which is, you know, that maybe that in the example we're we're talking about, maybe the interest rates had risen to, you know, to five percent in that in that type of bond that you're holding. Well, then that means you're going to have to price that if you're selling it to, you know, to the next person who's coming along, so that it yields them five percent. Well, if it was yielding you three and you're having to price it so that it yields them five, guess what? You've just taken a loss. And that situation is is kind of a is a is kind of a brewing you know problem that is there in, in you know in a lot of in a lot of uh, retirement portfolios that people are just really not that aware of and maybe get completely unaware of in, in a lot of cases. You know we really need to take a look at that if you're looking to put together a you know retirement portfolio or a retirement income portfolio. You know, or maybe it's it's you know if you're thinking, hey, you know, maybe I need a second look or a second opinion. 
that's a conversation that you, at the very least, you need to take a look and see, you know, are you in that situation? And if so, is there, are there other ways to think about it and possibly to make your, make your plan a little bit more solid? All good questions to think about, to respond to. And Glenn, once again, we covered a lot of ground on this one and lots of things to consider. If you have a similar question to something we've discussed on today's podcast or a previous show, don't hesitate to reach out to Glenn. You can call 336-291-3535. Again, that's 336-291-3535. Or go online to roadmapfinancial.com. That's roadmapfinancial.com. And click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page, and you can schedule a time to meet right from your smartphone or computer. Very easy to do that. And begin that conversation with Glenn in his office or even over the phone and uh, makes it easy to start that conversation about your plan. Honestly, that's the hardest part is just getting off the porch, taking that first step and uh, beginning that conversation. So don't hesitate to reach out. Glenn's certainly happy to chat with you about what you're looking at and discover some of these things in your portfolio where you might be flirting with disaster and getting those things addressed. Glenn, appreciate the help as always on the show, and uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, Walter, I look forward to it. New shows every week. You've been listening to the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Talk with you again soon. Mm-hmm.